recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. Radio show. Um, this is Ella L. Thomas of the L. Experience, author of Moving Forward Courageously, and an empowerment speaker for IMMSC.com. It is always my pleasure to be here on KRP Radio Show because it has one of the best hosts. Big shout out to Pudgy Miller. It has some of the greatest debaters. It has some of the most intelligent listeners in the world. I am so excited about discussing this evening's topic. But first off. Let me say this. Happy Father's Day to the men who have decided to be a part of their children's lives. Regardless of what you are experiencing, your fatherly touch is essential to the development of the next generation. 
Now, for your men who help bring kids in this world and are not active in their lives, please do whatever you can to be a part of their lives. I know there, are, there may be some obstacles standing before you, but it's time to stand up, gentlemen. It is time for us to take accountability as men, as fathers, to show these young men how to be prominent individuals in the society. The world is a tough place. Although there are countless mothers nurturing young men, a woman cannot replace what a man can do in the lives of um, young men. Now, I know there may be some obstacles, and you say, you know what, is this or that. Well, let me tell you something. The world needs men who will say, I will raise my child. The world needs men who will say, I will impart wisdom into my children so that they don't make the same mistakes I made. And let's be honest, there's some mistakes that we have made in our lives that we do not want to have our kids go through. Um, I was just recently speaking to someone, and we're talking about generational curses, especially in our community. Well, there seems to be a lot of children growing up without the male father figure in their households, and therefore they're having to learn how to become men with the tools that they have. A woman can only help a, a son go so far, but yet a man, a father, can help him to excel the higher heights than he ever thought could be possible or even his, for his daughter. The world needs men who will say, I accept the challenge and blessing of fatherhood, and I will make a difference in my child's life. Men, the world needs fathers. Absentee fathers can no longer be an option for this generation. So I'm going to ask you this, or I'm going to suggest this. Please do whatever you can to make an impact on your children's lives. You don't know how advantageous it's going to be for them when they get older. I myself am a prodigy of absentee father. However, through God and through sending multiple fathers in my life, or should I say father figures in my life, I was groomed to be this individual. But not everyone has the opportunity to have mentors in their life. Not everyone has the opportunity to be shown how to remain accountable as a man. And I think right now, fathers, on this day and, and every day within every year, it is time for we arise so the young generation can emerge as greater men that we have become. So, again, do whatever you can to make an impact in your child's lives, not only once a year, but each and every day. Make a conscious decision to be a father to your offspring. So all you gentlemen who have taken a stand and say, you know what, I'm not going to let anyone else but myself raise my child. I'm not going to let the system raise my child. I'm not going to let any other adverse environment or conditioning be a part of my child's life. And you decided that I'm going to be the man that he or she looks up to. I commend you. My hat's off to you. Also, I would like to say to the fathers who are in other countries at this particular time, I understand you are grieving because you're not home with your family. We appreciate everything you do as a former Marine speaking to fellow service men and women, I commend you as well as each and every listener I'm sure does as well. So let's go on with the show. Now, tonight's show poses a question about which I'm very passionate. What does a community need today? In the title it says help. But help in what sense? Together we're going to discuss the areas in which the community needs help. By the end of the show, we should have an action plan for ourselves as well as for the communities in which we live. But first, let's talk about what's in the news right now. Before we delve, delve too deep into tonight's show, I found myself looking at the news. As you can imagine, 
there are many disheartening stories about women, men, and children dying unnecessarily in our community via suicide and homicide. Most of these stories remind me how much God has been removed and, and reveals the degradation of individual accountability. Whereas the majority of people are focusing on the Sandusky rape case and probably other um, unfortunate news stories, or maybe the unfortunate multiple killings that took place in Chicago just a while ago, my attention is turned to Dr. Timothy Jordan. If you remember, this is a surgeon accused of killing his ex-girlfriend in the stairwell at their place of employment. Wow. Hmm. According to a popular news station, Dr. Jordan shot his girlfriend five times at point-blank range. And after the retaliation, action, he allegedly committed suicide by shooting himself with a 357 Magnum. Lord have mercy. Here we have a surgeon, one who many would consider very successful, who has achieved quite a bit of accolades. But my question is this. What drives an individual to kill in the name of compassion or love? What drives an individual to kill in the name of jealousy or envy? What makes one disregard the value of life of another individual? I personally believe that it's the, the answer is a lack of individual restraint and a lack of self-control. In my research, intelligence, as Dr. Jordan obviously had, does not supersede restraint or even self-control. Each day we are presented with circumstances that cause anger, as we all have experienced before, disappointment, and frustration. And we have been brought the thoughts to our head of doing some criminal activity against another individual. Now, for you listeners, I know there's been certain circumstances and situations you thought to yourself, man, I'm about to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but yet you don't. And why is this? Is it because you have a certain level of self-control or restraint that other people don't? Hmm. A majority of us do not engage in criminal activities, and why is this? Let's, let's answer this question. Social psychologist Richard Nisbet, an authority on intelligence, speaks about the importance of self-control. According to Nisbet, self-control is key to a well-functioning life since our brains make us easily susceptible, susceptible, I want you to think about the word susceptible, to all sorts of adverse influences. Even though our brains are susceptible, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to act on any idea or thought impulsively. Yes, self-control is essential to a functional life. However, I do, to an extent, disagree to Nisbet's example of watching violent movies predisposing us to act violently. I don't blame the depictions of violence in movies. I believe that it's the lack of teaching or conditioning of self-control and people's development that provokes them to respond impulsively violent. I've learned that violence is a learned behavior. There are so many individuals right now through an impulsive thought due to one moment have lost their lives and have found themselves also in penitentiary. Why, is it, why aren't we teaching from our youth up 
self-control, and self-restraint. Regardless of how you feel about the following statement, we do not live in a rated G or PG-13 world. The majority of the world in which we live is rated R, and each person, young and old, is impressionable to behaving socially unacceptable at any given moment to do something what one would never thought possible. Hmm. Think about that for a moment. At any given moment, if our anger, our disappointment, our frustration rises above our level of self-control and self-restraint, we can find ourselves the victim of our own actions and therefore living the consequences thereof. Whether young or mature, each individual, including myself, as well as each listener here, will experience circumstances that will require restraint or self-control. Let's take Dr. Jordan for a moment. If someone does not want to be with you, listen to me really closely, everybody. As with the case of Dr. Jordan and his ex-girlfriend, let that person go. Each person is entitled to live unhindered of an individual with whom a relationship did not work. Each person is entitled to move on in life to experience happiness despite the historical events or love involving a former spouse or partner. There are only a few reasons as to why taking life is acceptable, but this surely isn't one. I'm going to say this right now. I found myself in a triangle in which I felt compelled to take another individual's life. It was my Marine Corps training. I've been trained to, A, hold myself control, but I think that model, the start of both the camel's back, took place, and it's a similar situation that here I am, an individual who was groomed spiritually, who's been, who's been imparted with wisdom at the thought of someone, how should I say this, speaking about taking my own life put me in a corner of reaction. I felt myself going to a place of darkness that I never thought I would find myself and then, thank God, the Spirit spoke to me and said, you know what, you have to let this go. But what if, what if, what if I did not have that level of self-control? Now, keep in mind, I was really ready to act on this particular situation, or these particular words, because I lost a cousin years ago to a threat. And that threat was made good upon an individual who decided to take his life. This particular situation, my cousin was a gold glove boxer, and he was a member of a gang. However, you would never know it because of how he dressed and how he carries himself. In my eyes, he was a highly prominent individual in society. However, I remember being in foster care, and I asked him, I said, you know what, I want to be like you. Here I was, a child, he didn't have anything, living you know, from home to home, but yet I admired this individual. And I say, to say this, to make a long story short, we found ourselves in a predicament where he tried to restrain himself, but the other individual chose not to. And therefore, he was put in a position where he had to defend himself. Physical altercation took place. Two weeks later, um, the gentleman with whom he got into a fight shot at he and I both. My cousin died in front of me. Now, up to this, to this moment, 
And to this day, I hate unnecessarily, unnecessary violence, period. I hate the idea that anyone can take an individual's life and then have no remorse for it. Um, I'm going to say this. If the story of killing this young lady is true, and because she didn't want to be with Dr. Jordan, I'm going to say this. Any individual who find it necessary to take a life of a, another person, especially an unarmed person at that, is a coward. Yes, I said that. Ellen L. Thomas says that. I've learned that it takes no effort whatsoever to take a person's life via a gun or via a, a knife. When I was growing up, everything was handled either A, through a diplomatic process, or through hand-to-hand combat that my cousin would say. But yet, we have evolved into this atmosphere where cowardice seems to supersede strength. Now it's to the point where if I say something wrong to you, or if I don't want to be in a relationship with you, or if I end a friendship or an affair with you, now my life is at stake just because you lack self-restraint and self-control. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't realize the importance of self-control because every action has a reaction. Every decision has a blessing or a consequence. It's unfortunate that we do not sit down and take the time to realize this before we engage in an activity that causes our lives or someone else's. I've learned that too many individuals are depending on me to succeed, to not engage in heinous activities that can lead to a demise of another individual or to the demise of myself. Again, here we have this doctor that, in my opinion, disgusts me. It, because, one, he took this woman's life and allegedly he was found shot in the head by his own weapon, hence suicide. This, you're going to be with me or you're not going to be with anyone else mentality that men and women have, that stalker tendency that you have. Get over this. Get done with this. Now, we have too many foolish individuals in society, in our community, in our leadership to have this carrying on. People of America, it is time for us to take a stand against these ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous situations that are taking place. It's almost as if people no longer have a, a fear of consequences anymore. And if you remove fear out of lives of individuals and you remove accountability out of the atmosphere or in the lives of individuals, what's going to happen? We're going to have a chaotic society driven to live as freely as they desire. And what does that show the youth coming up? Already, just in Florida, there was a, a young man who went online, who went on the Internet and committed suicide. And it is so disheartening to me that the individuals that were watching decided to egg him on. This gentleman, I believe, he was in his, his late teens. And again, here I am thinking about this unnecessary death that's taking place. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say this. We as a community, we as a society, we as individuals have to do better on how we handle ourselves 
how we deal with situations, and how we look to our other brothers and sisters in America. Now, I can be on this and harp on this all day, but I'm not going to because that could be a different episode. And right now is the time for us to engage. Um, I remember that a conversation of, with a friend and I took place, and she asked me something very profound. She said, L, why do you think that people believe it is okay to treat other individuals as objects or feel compelled to treat individuals as if they're not human beings? I thought long and hard about that one, and my answer to this was this. There's definitely a spirit that is taking the grip, taking grip of, taking the grip of individuals that need to be fought and need to be cast out. That's just my opinion. Um, there's a spirit of suicide, a spirit of homicide, a spirit of complacency, a spirit of discontent, a spirit of <clears throat> overt anger taking place in this atmosphere. And we as a society need to find a way to recondition ourselves and the individuals with whom we live, whether in family, friends, constituents, to find out how do we go back becoming a united people in spirit, in a mind, and in intelligence. So you individuals who actually have violent tendencies or know that you're suffering from similar feelings experienced by Dr. Jordan, I suggest seek help, seek anger management, seek some type of release that's going to help you deal with these. The most last thing we need is another homicide cause because people did not have self-control or had individual self-restraint. At IamMFC.com, there are a number of resources that can help you deal with these emotions. Um, I know sometimes it can be very powerful. I want you to remember this. Your life is too precious and your vision is too remarkable to have an end over a lack of self-control. If you want to find out the measure of yourself, determine how well you can control yourself in the circumstances that provoke you to act impulsively. If you find yourself having dialogue that is of, of, of an obscene nature, or if you find yourself hitting or shooting or fighting, then that says, I cannot control myself. No person, keep this in mind, keep this in mind, please. No person can make you do anything against your will. You may be provoked to act on words or actions that have taken place to you, but no person can make you do anything. That's something I learned. I used to always say, well, they made me say this. They made me do this. Because of them is why I did this. No. The accountability lies within us, not in anybody else. So I don't know how you may feel about that. I'm letting you know now. Obtain the self-control. Marry people, maintain or develop level of self-control. The enemy is not in your household. 
The enemy is within the within yourself. There can be no arguments so explosive that it will cause you to treat your partner or your spouse as an enemy. You guys became united for a reason. Fathers, it is who of you to show your children, your daughters, your sons how to become great individuals. So I'm going to tell you this. What we're going to do is take a commercial, and I'm going to have Charlotte come on. Who's going to help us how to save money? Hold on one moment, and and we'll be right back with you. I believe you can tell a lot about our governor and lieutenant governor by the way they lead our state. We have great challenges facing us and need strong, courageous, visionary leadership to see us through. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina Lieutenant Governor. As an architect, senior partner, and office president of the state's largest design firm, I was accustomed to solving complex problems for my clients. Architects are creative problem solvers, and that's what we need more of in Raleigh. And we need more business leaders, not more politicians. Over the past 10 months, I've Welcome back, everyone. This is Ellardell Thomas of the L Experience. I'm hosting for Big Pudgy Miller. On the phone with me right now is Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Charlotte, are you here? Hey, how are you? Hey, Charlotte, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. <laughs> good deal, good deal. Um, is your husband around? He is around, yep. He's actually watching the kids for me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I would let him know that um, I am Pudgy Miller and uh, representative of Carapy Radio Show says happy Father's Day to him. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No problem, no problem. Um, it's been a few weeks since we last spoke, Ms. Charlotte. How things been going? They've been going good. Really busy. <laughs> <laughs> busy? Yeah. Catch me, catch me a little bit if you don't mind. Um, well, um when I'm not couponing and teaching couponing, um, I don't know if you guys know, but I work at the Department of Veterans Affairs full-time. Oh. So um, we are working really hard to break the backlog. So all you veterans out there that are wondering if their claims are being worked, they are. We're working uh, mandatory overtime at work. So I work an extra 20 hours a month uh, in overtime. So <laughs> on wow. top of that. Yes, I've been really busy with just work in general. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So from couponing to full-time mother to full-time job to full-time wife, there's a movie, I'm not sure yep. if you saw it. It's, um, this movie says, How Does She Do It? And that's a question I'm going to pose to you. How is it that you're doing it, Charlotte? I find it difficult just taking care of Elle. <laughs> well, you know, every day is just a new day, and so I have to take each day as um, – you know, a new challenge, I guess. But, I, you know, I get that question a lot, honestly, and some days I don't know how I do it, but I just have to pick and choose. And, you know, probably a year ago, couponing was my life, and you would you could ask my husband. I would put couponing before family and, you know, husband time and, you know, whatever it was, 
and I would be up for hours working on the website and clipping coupons and all that kind of stuff. And so I just, it was for me finding a balance. And I think that's what life is about is finding a balance, you know, learning a new thing can always be a challenge. And that's what couponing is for a lot of people. It's a new thing, a new challenge. And so it can consume you in initially, but, um, you know, I've just I've just had to find that medium so I know when to put stuff down and my coupons are behind. I need to clip tonight actually. So you know, there's <laughs> okay. always I'm not perfect, so don't think you have to be. <laughs> okay, fantastic, fantastic. Well, I think it's just a blessing that you come on, on KRP radio show and give the listeners some tidbits on how to save money and how to become effective in their couponing. So what do you have for us today, Miss Charlotte? I'll be honest, I don't have a ton because I've been, you know, doing family time today. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, I guess want to reiterate, you know, some of the things that we've talked about in the past and um, just maybe give some encouragement because I know a lot of times with couponing and saving money in general, it can become tiring and kind of overwhelming, you know, when you're struggling with money and how to live better and, um, just be a good steward of your money. That can just be in itself just a daily challenge for people. I mean, we've been through having nothing to finally see in the light at the end of the tunnel, and you know it. It can be overwhelming, and so I just want to give just a little word of encouragement to everybody out there, whether it's with couponing or trying to become debt free or paying off, you know, this huge bill that you might have. Um, but just don't give up. Just remember that you're doing this for a, a good reason. You know, like for me, it would be so easy because I'm consumed by money and couponing and, and everything like that on a daily basis. You know, I get emails and calls and stuff all the time. So when it comes to me couponing for myself and trying to save money for myself and my family, I'm kind of burnt out, you know. So, so it's just... <laughs> It would just be really easy just to give up. So I just, for everybody out there that's struggling um, with with anything financially, just be encouraged that, um, you know, the end result is what's worth it. And just being a good steward of your money, and, you know, that's what God tells us to do, and that's what we need to do. So, um, you know, I have actually a cousin who has lost her job, and she's like, I just don't have to not motivated to do this for my family. I said, this is why I do this for my family, you know, so that I can provide more for them. So if that means that I can save, you know, an extra $100 a week from grocery shopping to be able to provide for my kids to do an extracurricular activity, that's what I'm going to do. You know, as a as a wife, as a mom, that, that's, what, that's one thing that I can do and provide. So, you know, that's just my little soapbox. <laughs> Don't well, give up. I don't think it's up to I think the listeners are definitely happy that you come on, you empower them, you provoke them to save money. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm not sure there's any other um, recently graduated students out there. Um, do you have any idea how we can save money on our student loans? Is there a coupon for that? <laughs> There's not a coupon for that, but, um, you know, something that my husband and I believe firmly in is, and it's kind of old school, but is living on a cash system. So, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you can follow Dave Ramsey. He does a, a great um, lessons on on cash systems and learning how to do a debt snowball. But basically, that's what's worked for us. So we live, we have a budget, and we have envelopes, and it sounds silly, but it is the only way that you can hold yourself accountable, especially if you're single. Um, but if not, it's just it's a great accountability system. So we just put all of our money and expenses in different envelopes. Everything is expensed out to the penny. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as you pay off your smallest debt first, you take that money plus the money you were already paying on the next debt and combine that and pay, you know, so you're like snowballing effect on all your debt. So that's what we live by, and that's how we've been able to, we actually just paid off our last credit card this past week, actually. So um, Congratulations. Congratulations thank on you. that. Yes. It's very um, liberating to not have that that burden, you know what I mean? to know mm-hmm. that we, if we do anything, it is with cash. And if we don't have that cash set aside, we don't do it. Um, but that would just be the biggest thing that I could say for you to do is just pay off all your little teeny bills like that are not, you know, your utilities, but like little credit card debts or little maybe a smaller student loan that you might have if you've got several. And pay all those things off and then take all that money so that you're having a huge chunk go on the big, uh, student loans, and so you're going to pay it off a lot quicker. So that would be Everyone, my only insight. Well, I appreciate that, Charlotte, because um, even though the book is doing pretty well, I'm I'm not sure if you know this. I'm a professional speaker, and oftentimes I do apartment seminars with individuals. And one thing I keep asking myself is, okay, you know what? Reconditioning my mind to find ways to accelerate my get out of debt with my student loans quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to take money from yeah. all areas. Like, okay, all right, these are the monthly bills, right? Now, couponing, I believe, will be a great asset to me. Um, I find myself facing this particular hurdle because it's like, you know what? I'm not conditioned to use coupons. I'm conditioned to be impatient. <laughs> yes. It might, it's not that I don't have the time. I'm going to say this like everyone else may have the same issue, is that I don't have the discipline or the conditioning necessary to do couponing, but I learned through life practicalities that I, it's essential for me to find that discipline. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, definitely. It's it's not something that is like, oh, yeah, let's go do this because it's going to be so fun, you know. I'm the first, I I guess I'm like a realist because I know a lot of people when they're talking about couponing and teaching couponing, it's like, oh, it's so easy, you know, it's just go do this and do this. Like they're speaking to someone that should know, but people that have never done it don't know. So, you know, I'm the first one to say it's not going to be easy and it's not, um, you know, society, like you're saying, has taught us to do what's quick and, and easy and fast. Like that's why there's so many fast food restaurants. So it's not something that's convenient. I mean, you have to actually plan ahead and cut your coupons out that you're going to take and know what you're going to buy and stick to that list. So it is something that is going to have to um, find a way into your schedule. But, um, you know, and I'm also another first person to say that if anybody is busy, you know, I know everybody has their own life, but, I feel that I am rather busy, and I still find a way to squeeze it in. 
just because, like I was saying earlier, it's like a necessity. Because mm-hmm. if I can save $100 a week on groceries, which I do, then I could pay off, you know, how many utility bills from that? Or I can pay off an extra $100 on my student loan, like if that's, you know, in your case. So it definitely is retraining and something that you have to just kind of readjust your way of thinking. And it's, but it's kind of become like a way of life. Like you would not believe how many um, guys I see in the stores or coupon binder or how many teenagers I see helping their parents. So it's really like the norm now. It's not like old school where you're like, oh my gosh, they're using coupons. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's definitely something that is current and um, people are seeing the value in it. And, you know, so I, and, and a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I, it's just me. I don't really see the need in couponing. My in-laws are number one saying this they're like oh it's just the two of us we don't we don't really need all that stockpile but um you you do i mean you use toilet paper right you use paper towels you use dish soap you use hair conditioner and shampoo and razors and all these things that don't expire why not stockpile why would you pay full price when you need it when you could go and and get it for almost nothing when it's on sale you know, so mm. I think people are just fooled by, oh, stockpile, I don't need that. I'll never go through that. You will. You'd be surprised at how quickly you can go through stuff. And it doesn't wow. expire. So. What doesn't expire? The the items you get or the coupons? No, the items you get, yeah. Oh, okay. I was about to say, so, I just want to make sure they would differentiate the two before someone's like, you know what? Charlotte said <laughs> that my coupons will expire. And even though the date clearly says, at the end of June of 2012, but Charlotte, sketching your mm-hmm. says. <laughs> no, no, coupons expire. I wish they didn't because that would have, like, a ton of stuff. Yes, she would. Yes, she would. I mean, um, Charlotte, we find that you've been a remarkable asset as an individual who identifies individuals who have something valuable to contribute to society you definitely do. I would love one day to get together with you or have some people get, 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 get together with you and do your own stretchingyourbudget.com audio cassette. I think it would be so powerful. Uh, a How-To oh, yeah, cool. by Charlotte. And I'm learning that the way of the future when it comes to content is in the way of audio and Kindle-type versions or e-books. I think the, um, the hard copies, unless it's coupons, uh, are kind of going by the mm-hmm. wayside as technology has overtaken this. But I think in my heart of hearts, I feel it necessary for you in the imminent future to get on the audio book role because I think you can do it exceptionally well and hopefully, unless you decide not to, get away from your um, pressing job that's requiring you to work mandatory hours and keep you away from your family. So I think that would be pretty powerful. Well, I'll have to come find you because I wouldn't know how to even begin that. <laughs> well, that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get together and uh, get that going. Yeah, I've definitely realized that the way of um, we do a lot of product reviews for items, mm-hmm. and so the new thing now is to do vlogging. So I have to yes. learn how to uh, video and edit and all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, well, there's, there's audio blogging and there's content blogging, which um, I am mnc.com forward slash blog. I have my own blog. Um, when people cannot come to a teleseminar or they cannot find me or come to a workshop, I always make sure I keep them current and empowered, whether it's individuals I'm dealing with who need financial assistance, individuals who need counseling, individuals who are trying to overcome those hardships in their lives that keep them stagnated from achieving excellence. And I think your piece is critical to any individual who's wanting to become financially free as well build some discipline financially on the way. One thing you said that said in my mind was this, God asked us to be stewards of what we have. Too many people are saying, if I had, if I had, if I had, I would. But what you have now that mm-hmm. you can be disciplined over, so in the future when you are blessed with more or you attain more, you know how to be disciplined enough to allocate it in the areas that are necessary that will also increase its value or growth. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, that's so true, definitely. I mean, yeah, people are always looking and say, I can't ever get ahead. I don't have any extra money anywhere. You would be surprised at how the little things add up. And by doing the cash system, mm-hmm. you once that envelope is gone, you mm-hmm. have nothing. So you see tangibly that cash leaving your hand. You emotionally are having to let go. And there's something that triggers inside of you that's like, I don't want to let go of that. And you tend to hold back from buying things when it's actually you see that money leaving your pocket. And so you, you end up finding all this extra money, and it's like, wow, you know, I really do have this extra money. Like, you know, it's just crazy, just the little things that you don't even think about. So, Indeed. Um, yeah, so I definitely agree. So for our listeners right now, um, let everyone know, cause, because I've learned that there's some new Callers that have come in, or more listeners that have come in, um, speak really briefly about stretchingyourbudget.com, how it how it was incorporated from your mindset, and what does it do right now to help people with saving, as you have done many times over and over and over. Um, you know, I just really started the website just to share with other people how um, to to just save money by being smart with your money and you know, living a little extra frugally. Um, you know, my husband and I, we do not, we're not like, we don't, it's not like we just sit at home and do nothing. We, you know, we live a normal life. We go out with our friends and family, and we just have decided, though, to make better choices with our money. And and so we just kind of have started this website to share that with other people. I mean, it was basically, we started to coupon out of necessity. Um, I've told the story a thousand times. My husband lost his job and was unemployed for two years. We were living on one salary, and um, we we really just had no other choice but to figure out how we could save extra money. And the one thing we found was that our grocery bill was something that we could tangibly change. You know, we can't change our house payment. We can't change our utility bills. But we could actually impact our grocery bill. So um, that's kind of how we started in couponing and, and learning how to do it. And um, so it was just just like any other American, out of need, honestly. And um, so you can go to stretchingyourbudget.com. We have a beginner's tab for those of you that um, have no clue what to do when it comes to couponing. Um, We've got, you know, other resources on there. So it's just full of information. If you go, you can find yourself spending several hours 
um, looking for stuff. So it's definitely one of those things that if you haven't in, invested a little bit of time, you should do it because it just changes your entire way of life and your entire way of thinking. I always say it's like um, whenever we started couponing, it was like I kept finding all these little ways that I could, like, be frugal. You know, I was trying to save money by doing this or doing that, and it was, like, just amazing how many little things that we could find that were, um, you know, way we could just cut our budget and our spending. So it just kind of rolls out into every part of your life, and so that was just one of the main reasons why we started doing it was just to share and hopefully impact somebody else's life. And um, so just check it out, stretchingyourbudget.com. You can follow us on Twitter at stretchyourbudget.com, or not .com, stretchyourbudget. And um, so that's it. You can email us, write us, um, anything that you want to do. So we're here for you. And now my my son's talking to me. (laughs) No problem, Charlotte. Again, thank you for the contributions that you make um, to the radio show. You're listening to KRP Radio Show. This is LFL Thomas with Charlotte. Um, we are just making sure that you know what it takes to help build a financial nest egg through couponing. And if you will, go to, go to stretchingyourbudget.com and find out more details on what Charlotte and I were discussing. Charlotte, thank you once again. I look forward to hearing your empowering remarks next week. I heard a young baby in the background saying it's time for mommy <laughs> to pay attention to me now. So, again, thank you. Is there anything else you want to say before we leave? I know you want to definitely say happy Father's Day to Pudgy Miller. Yes, definitely. Happy Father's Day, Pudgy. I hope you're having a wonderful time with your family tonight. Um, I, I appreciate you guys and the whole KRP radio show. Um, it's always an honor to be able to speak with you guys. So um, just happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, my dad, my father-in-law. Um, just have a wonderful evening and be blessed. All right, you too, Charlotte. You take care. Look, I look forward to listening to you next week. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye now. Bye. All right, everyone, let's go ahead and go to a commercial break really fast, and we'll get back into tonight's topic. So if you will, enjoy yourself, relax. To all your fathers, I hope you're having a great Father's Day. For individuals who are looking to call into the radio show, please do so at 619-638-8559. Again, that number is 619-638-8559. And you are online with L. Thomas, KRP Radio Show. K-I-R-P For all your trucking needs Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee 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 all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. 
Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at eight hundred four four two. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. This is Ella L. Thomas of the Ella Experience and hosting for Pudgy Miller Pudgy. I hope all is well with you. Um, happy Father's Day to you and to every other man out there who is taking the stand to be a father in this day. I hope you are blessed and God continues to do great things through you. Um, again, what we're discussing tonight is what does our community need? Obviously, it's help. Um, answering this question, I've learned it's difficult because there are many answers to it. For example, if we were to pose this question to a community where poverty is high, an and the end dweller may say reparations or more money is needed. I challenge these answers because giving money or reparations to individuals without giving them investment knowledge, a system by which money is multiplied or grown, or financial practices regarding financial sustainment may again resort to an impoverished atmosphere. In this scenario, an individual is worse off than before if they don't have systems in place to make sure that the thing that they're asking for is put to the best use. If we pose the same question, however, to someone in the community where financial affluence or they experience high social economic statuses, an individual may say, we need stronger and more effective leadership in political offices. Well, I also challenge this answer because leadership is only as effective as the system over which such officials govern. When I think of community, I think about the environment from which I came. I think about the community where the atmosphere of violence tries to limit one from excelling. I think about the community where low-income homes breed sexual, mental, and physical abuse and causes trust and anger issues within a child's development throughout its adulthood. I think about the community where negative depictions and portraits of complacency stagnate the growth of an individual with potential. When I think of community, I consider the place where hope is slowly fading away as contentment with 
the quote unquote, forgive me for my colloquial expression, hood status quo prevails. I think about the community in which many young men and women believe that their definition of living is on public assistance, thinking that suicide and homicide is the answer to their issues or circumstances or merely surviving by all means necessary. This particular mentality has to come to an end. So despite what you may consider community, the answers I give here will address both community I was recently spoke about and those that you may be most familiar. These answers are not in any special order. However, they will definitely will show that these are the needs the community has. First and foremost, individually, individual accountability. Several years ago, I found a group of at-risk teens called M5G, and this stands for Men of Greatness. In this program, the young men were taught the importance about accountability and how this trait would shape their lives. Each day when we met, they had to recite this particular statement. I am a man of greatness. I am accountable for my own actions and responsible for my own success. The path towards greatness is immutable. However, greatness is in my reach as long as I'm willing to believe. As a brother of M5G, I'm not better than any other, but I choose, I choose, I choose, I choose to be different. My history or circumstances, no matter how hurtful or painful they are, do not and will not dictate who I will become. I will achieve greatness, for, it, for I am accountable to achieving this. Hmm. For several years, these young men recited this for me, and I'm happy to say that one of them is going to college. One's the supervisor of a particular um, industry. Another one is um, playing bas- basketball and looking to go professional. I believe that it is important that we continue to show these young men and women that accountability is, just, is actually an individual's responsibility. It's for me to become great, despite what my mother, my father, my brothers and sisters, or my friends, or anyone have said or done to me, I am still accountable for the actions I make now. I cannot be responsible for what has been done to me, but I am responsible for what I do now. I don't think that's been trained or taught enough in our community. I want to say this deeply seated within us all, despite the community from which you've come or I've come, is a seat of greatness. Regardless of our past or current experiences, we were meant to be great. Think about it. We were meant to be great. We are designed for greatness. Mediocrity should never, ever be a lifestyle or it should not be a definition of who we are and what we do. Since this is the case, why then many people never excel? Things make you go, hmm. It appears that a large majority of people do not want to hold themselves accountable for what they say, what they do. Whether in communities where people face financial hardships or in communities where people have high influence or high levels of influence, a lack of accountability is common. I truly believe that the conditions in any community will change when change happens within an individual. Think about it. If I hold myself account for the actions I take right now and not blame my family, my friends, 
or my circumstances that have caused me grief. And if each and every person were to do the same, how great would be our communities? How empowered and how powerful could these individuals thrive? Hmm. So one of the answers to tonight's question is definitely individual accountability. If you're lacking in being accountable and responsible for your own words, your own actions, your own dreams, your own desires, look deep within and find that seed of greatness and start fertilizing it because you are accountable for what you do this day. You can't do anything about yesterday, but as for today, and what you, if God allows you to see it tomorrow, you're responsible and you are held accountable. Great men and great women have high levels of accountability. They do not place blame on other individuals for what they are in their life, regardless of what the circumstances are. There's a book called From Good to Great that I believe that each and every person should read. It gives you an idea of what is a great person's thinking or mental conditioning when it comes to the level of accountability. Also, in moving forward courageously, there are several principles by which greatness and accountability can be attained despite the adverse circumstances and unforeseeable conditions that you experience. Right now, I believe we have a couple calls online. Let's just see if anyone's available to speak about what our community needs. Hello, caller. Last four digits, 0287. Are you there? Hello? Caller? Well, I suppose um, that individual is probably just listening. But anyhow, as we can move on, answering tonight's question, what else does our community need? Obviously, it's help, but we should delve deeper. I've learned through experience and observation that hope is essential to developing our communities, no matter what community you're from. There are many people suffering from hopelessness. I recently visited a community very similar to the one where I grew up, just the other day, actually. Sitting on a porch, I looked around, and the sight gripped me. Sorrowful expressions and looks of hopelessness, hopelessness appeared on the faces of many of the young men and women. To my right, I overheard a couple speaking about their phones and their power being recently shut off. To my left, a teenage girl holding her child spoke of reasons she couldn't live out her dream. Hope is necessary in every community. Regardless of what you feel about this particular statement, it is. Whenever faced with or hardships, hope reminds us that better is coming. In the absence of hope, of hope however, we believe that options of better living or living out our dreams are not possible. Let me remind every listener tonight of a fact. During the darkest nights of America's history, it was hope that helped each person overcome every obstacle, to overcome every challenge, to overcome any aspect of our existence not happening. It was hope that united damaged societies and divided communities to ensure that prosperity and promise were not unattainable. 
it was the statute of hope that helped us become these particular great individuals that we've become. I realized through every distraction, through every challenge, and every problem that we have faced as a community, as a society, we better together in a unity of hope. So I'm going to tell you, say this, without hope, there is no reason, no reason to live. I remember listening to a pretty powerful speaker, a.k.a. my mentor, and this individual said, regardless of whatever dire straits you face, it is important, it is absolutely important that you do not give up on hope because the reason why so many people commit a lot of heinous crimes who find suicide as the answer to the problem is because of hopelessness. There are communities right now, I don't care how affluent or how structured in, in, in poverty or impoverished they may be, that still need hope. Things will get better. The question is, how long are you willing to hold on? Each day is a gift. That's why it's called the present, I heard. Well, I'm going to use that. I'm going to shamelessly steal that, and I don't care if anyone feels differently about it. We get concerned about what's going to take place tomorrow. If we just deal with the matters of the day that we are given and just navigate through those particular moments, through those challenges, through those blessings, if we were just to enjoy our family, our friends that we are blessed with, the food and the shelter that we are already given, then hope is merely just a second thought. Think about that for a moment. Are you hopeful or hopeless? I've seen so many people struggling with how they're going to make it and pose all these questions and their thoughts are to commit or engage in criminal activity. Mentally, I know how that feels because I've been there before. As a person who has experienced homelessness, a person who has experienced abuse, a person who has felt that God never existed, for some reason there was individuals in my life who imparted the idea of having hope in me that got me to where I am. According to my community in which I grew, grew up, I was told I was not supposed to live past the age of 21 because of all the hardships and the experiences that I endured in my youth. But yet, thank God for father figures like my pastor, father figures like my mentor who said, if you would just have hope and you live, you will make it. I'm telling each and every person here under the sound of my voice, the listeners of KRP radio show, to have hope, regardless of what situation you're facing, if it's professional, if it's personal, if it's spiritual, if it's emotional, have hope that things are going to work out. Now, I'm going to say this. Give any community hope in an area where hopelessness abounds, and it will become productive and thriving. Remind people that hope doesn't, that hope doesn't exist, and then the results are chaotic and disastrous. Despite the community and its social economic level, hope, regardless of how you feel, is imperative. 
I remember speaking to a, a young man two years ago, and I can't believe I'm almost telling my age right now. He came to me and said, I lost my brother. Um, I don't care about school. Even though this particular gentleman was a 3.8 student, he said, I have no reason whatsoever to live. My mother gave me up. My father was never around. But yet, the only individuals that decided to reach out their hand to me to accept me and embrace me was the local gangs. Now, listening to him speak, I felt my, I, I, it was as if I was speaking to myself and listening to myself. I told him this. I said, look, you are too powerful of an individual, and the enemy knows or the world knows that the only way greatness is going to come out of you is if you overcome these particular challenges. And in order to become to overcome these particular challenges, you're going to have to have hope mixed with faith to ensure that you're going to rise above this. You are going to rise above this. He looked at me and tears descended from his eyes, and he said, I don't know how. How do I, even if I wanted to, how do I have hope when every situation in every direction is telling me that you should give up? Then I told him my story from the beginning to the end, as of now anyway, or should I say then. And he was amazed that here I am, an individual who doesn't present or exude any residue of being a particular person who's been experiencing near-death experiences, who has suffered abuse, who has suffered homelessness, who has coercively separated from his family, yet he can still present a smile. And I told him the reason why I was able to do it because individuals in my life imparted into me hope. Ladies and gentlemen, under the sound of my voice, if you will, encourage somebody that you see is struggling. Maybe you may need to go to the mirror and look at yourself and tell yourself, you know what, I have to have hope. So you ask me, so what's something that our community needs? I would say definitely hope, especially during these adverse economic conditions in which it seems like said so much emphasis is put on a recession. Well, ladies and gentlemen, have hope because your worth and your valuable and your value is immeasurable. And I would hate to see anyone leave prior to making their marks in this world. So, again, I say have hope, and what we'll do, go to a quick, very quick, very, very quick commercial break.
All right, as I said before, that was going to be very quick. Welcome back to KRP Radio Show. This is Ellen L. Thomas, your host for, this, for tonight in place of the great Pudgy Miller. Um, it looks like we have a couple calls online, so let me go ahead and see if anyone's willing to contribute to tonight's program. Let's see here. Caller, is on the line with Ellen L. Thomas at the KRP Radio Show. How are you doing today? Caller? Last four digits, 5079. Well, what we're going to do is go ahead and rock on then. Um, I'm not sure if there are technical difficulties, but it gives me an opportunity to finish answering this question that's been posed this evening. So we discussed what what the community needs, regardless of what level of community we're speaking of. We talked about individual accountability checks. We talk about hope, check. Well, what else does our community need? I believe our community needs purpose and vision. Purpose and vision. In some areas, everyone knows the power of purpose and vision. Others choose or they have not developed a purpose for their lives or a vision of how they like their life to be. Give the individuals of any community purpose and vision, and they will expand their reasons for living. Oftentimes, most people check out early in life because they don't have a purpose or a vision. Give up the individual in any community purpose and vision, and they will rebuild the areas of their lives that have been trampled on and broken due to spiritual, emotional, physical, or financial hardships. From experience, observations, and in studying the Word of God, the power of purpose and vision is truly immeasurable. Purpose and vision have turned individuals away from committing suicide and criminal activities because individuals have found what their self-worth is. Their self-worth is more than what society imposes upon them. When you develop a purpose and or a vision, you realize that the world of what it wants to give you right now can't truly afford you. Your price tag has has too many zeros on the end of it. Purpose and vision has turned so many individuals from destructive activities to constructive activities. It's interesting to me that here I was, an individual who was ready, who did not care about living and dying because just I accepted that I was going to live past the age of 21. I thought I was going to live up to everyone's expectations. Then I learned one of my purposes was to ensure that my baby brothers would never experience the life that I had to undergo. Then I learned that through all my hurt and pain and all the questions I had of God, that my purpose was to help empower and strengthen and impart wisdom into individuals so that they can overcome the hurdles that preceded their vision, that preceded their accomplishments, that preceded their desired way of living. See, purpose and vision have taken a divorcee with kids living on public assistance to becoming one of the best-selling authors in history. Purpose and vision is the reason why so many of us enjoy the freedom that we are given and the type of lifestyle and entrepreneurship that we're able to afford. 
because of someone's purpose, someone's vision, someone realized that the world is not about me. The situations I face is not about me. It's about who can I empower through these trying times to ensure that they will catapult themselves to the next level of greatness, to the next level of prominence, to the next level of excellence. The purpose has the, the ability to show us where we are falling short in our development, in our spiritual, mental, physical, financial development. I read a quote that says, you want to find out what you're worth, determine how many people you want to help. Purpose. A lot of times people do not answer the call of purpose and vision because the trial or the challenge is too great. Let me tell you something. The seeds of greatness are often watered by the rains of adversity. You do not grow desiring not to face the challenges that's going to catapult you to be a greater individual. You are not designed to be a mediocre person. I, we're reading the word. We're created in the image of God. Think about that for a moment. We're created in the image of power. Whatever we speak, whatever we think, we can actually have come to fruition. But it begins with purpose and vision. Now, my entire purpose in life is to write empowering books or content that's going to help someone else in life to prevent as many homicides and suicides I can in the young and old alike. Through all the chaos of my existence, I realized that one thing I have in common with a lot of the young men and young women out there is that there are so many individuals who have given up on us, and therefore our dreams almost seem unattainable. But yet with purpose and vision, these generational curses or these challenges that we face can be broken. You look at in society, any person that you have defined as great, whether living or deceased, and ask yourself, how, how, how did these people become great? I assure you, it was not because they ran away from every challenge that presented itself. It was not because they decided that they were going to operate in fear. It was not because they said, my mother, my father, my brothers, sisters did me wrong, or my friends, or my job laid me off, and therefore I have to succumb to defeat. They realized they had a purpose. They realized they had a vision. And with that purpose and vision, they decided to put every effort that they could into it. Now, as an individual who speaks often about the power of purpose and the power of vision, I realize that when you have these two, or even one of them, that you don't have time to engage in a lot of unproductive activities. I'll give you an example. If you have purpose and vision, you do not have time to engage in gossiping stories about another individual because your purpose and your vision takes already too much time and too many resources, therefore not allowing you to allocate time for meaningless chit-chat. Purpose and vision has a tendency to draw in your mental aptitude or have you engaged so deeply to the point where you realize, you know what? There are some activities in my life, whether recreationally or 
socially that I might have to end because I found out what my worth is. My worth is within my vision and my purpose. If you're going to be tied to me, you have to believe in my purpose and my vision. If you do not want to be tied to me, go ahead and leave my life, but my purpose is too strong for me to go back anyway. I sat down with a, one of my mentors um, just the other day. He said, L, the reason why a lot of people would never rise to greatness, they would never rise to excellence, is because they would never fulfill their purpose or engage in vision. Each person on this earth has a reason for why he or she is living. It is not just to procreate. It's not just to go to work. It's not just to live with the status quo. It is to enhance the lives of someone else while impacting your own life. There are countless millionaires and countless great individuals who have decided that they have not found happiness or joy in their abundance, but in empowering and living in vision. My goal in life is to be a philanthropist. On my, and on my way to that, I'm going to build and help rebuild as many lives as possible. I don't care what age you are, whether you are a young man or woman, to a seasoned adult. It is my purpose to ensure that whenever you and I meet, you're going to understand the importance and the power of purpose and vision. Purpose, like for me, has provoked people to find the true measurement of the value and never again to accept lifestyles of mediocrity and complacency. I know some people don't ever want to think that they're living in mediocrity. The way to find that out rather than measure yourself against somebody else or compare yourself to somebody else is ask yourself this. Am I living up to my potential? And if the answer to that is no, then you realize that you are living a mediocre life. If, you're, if you ask the question, am I living in my dream or my desire? And you cannot answer yes to that question. You may be living a mediocrity or you just may be complacent. But if you're okay with that level of living, that's fine. But yet, if you want to be a great individual, you want to be a powerful individual in, the, in your own life, in the life of your family, in the life of your, in, in the circles in which you run, then you're going to have to follow and chase purpose. So many people have so many excuses it's as if my age is the reason why I can't live in purpose, my my physical handicap is why I don't live in purpose. My financial position does not allow me to live in purpose and vision. It's interesting that you say that because there are so many individuals who have faced disabilities, who have faced financial destitution, who have faced so many other challenges that they are living in vision and purpose and they have excelled beyond what they could ever imagine. So get rid of old man because... Yes, gentlemen, I'm going to say old man because, because that is that individual that whispers in our ear as to why we cannot fulfill our vision and purpose. So you, you give the people in the community purpose and vision, watch the community excel to a measurable height. If you want to see growth and productivity in the community, give it purpose 
and give it vision. Each individual equipped for uh, purpose of vision will become greater individuals. So I'll say this to you, please, start living in purpose and vision. If you don't know what it is, it brings us to this next point of what our community needs. And I will be back momentarily to discuss that with you. You're listening to KRP Radio Show. This is your host, L. L. Thomas of the L Experience. Looking forward to get back with you, and we're discussing what our community needs and its help, uh, help in what fashion. I'll be back to discuss this with you. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. You know who it is without a doubt and hesitation. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I wasn't young and been hungry, it's called bunion. You've been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arms, three stripes on my sneakers, and even if they slip us, they better be Adidas.
back, everyone. U.S. L.L. Thomas, host for Pudgy Miller on the KRP Radio Show. Again, we're discussing what does what do our community need. Uh, so far, we discussed that individual accountability is definitely one um, hope, also another. And as you already know, that we are talking about accountability, or excuse me, purpose and vision. And one thing I want to touch on is spiritual enlightenment and relationships being a need in our community. Now, hmm, this is a touchy subject because as I was spoken to someone the other day, this particular individual in the weight room said, the reason why I don't go to church is because so many people use the Bible against my way of life, and then they, then they themselves are living lives similar to mine, but yet because I don't attend church, I am not God's child. Well, as I listened to this individual, I said, look, one thing I've learned being in the church or any particular spiritual environment is that there are two groups of people often found in churches. And forgive me for saying this, there are church folks and there are kingdom builders. What's the difference, El? Well, church folks have this ideology of living in traditional mindsets. They want to use the word to combat a person's way of living as if they were placed on earth to be God's judge. And they fail to realize that they should be kingdom builders. Um, if you notice that a lot of churches today do not have a lot of power because they lack a lot of kingdom builders. What is a kingdom builder? Well, myself being a Christian person, I use the word to empower, uplift, and to encourage an individual as Jesus did with the people. I know that every person listening here is not a Christian individual. That's fine. But spiritual enlightenment goes beyond your religious beliefs. It is creating a relationship between the creation and the creator. And I thought it was kind of funny since I have I am asked to study multiple religions. One I'm studying right now is Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness. And I'm learning that, you know what, everyone has a strong belief in what they believe in, period. But for some reason, some people don't realize the difference between spiritual enlightenment and development and church practices. So, Ask me what our community needs. Our community needs a spirit of cohesiveness, a spirit of unity, and definitely a relationship with God. I learned that there's been a degradation of how we deal with one another when when God was taken out of the schools, and this is just a personal observation and how I feel in my opinion. The moment that God was taken out of schools, it seemed as if we were on the track of destruction. I mean, I haven't seen so much in-school violence in all my 35 years of being on this earth. I'm sure it existed, um, especially in years where civil rights movements were, <clears throat> were, were uh, what should I say, hmm. were, the, were the focal point, were the focus point. But now, here we are in this particular society that no one, no one, in my opinion, seems to have the spiritual integrity or the development to, A, acknowledge that there's a being greater than themselves, and, B, to treat each and every, one, each and every person as a brother or a sister. Hmm. And as, since I'm speaking on 
spiritual enlightenment. I do like the teachings of Gandhi quite a bit when it comes to unity and um, purity of the spirit. When he said something very profound that struck me, he said, I would have been a Christian if it wasn't for Christians. What does this mean? Well, there's so many individuals who are so gung-ho, in my opinion, about what you what thou shalt not do and what thou shalt do, that they fail to remember the principles that Jesus and God were teaching in the first place. Now, what is happening in the community? Well, when there's no fear of a higher power, then there's no fear of consequences, then a community will deteriorate on its own, and it's unfortunate. However, I, re- I remember this being told by an older individual. He said, L, every person has an internal voice. Sometimes we try to fill this void with money, sex, and other sought-after desires, only to find out that something is still missing. What is this void we often fill? Now, keep in mind, when I was going through my years of abuse and my questionings of whether God existed or not, that I was not a believer. I was not a devout believer. I don't, you couldn't even talk to me about spiritual life and spiritual development because I would look at you and feel as if I should ignore you or <laughs> shove you at my face. Then I realized that after having certain individuals in my life grooming, grooming me in the Word of God and that it's, it's beyond just quoting scriptures and speaking church talk it's about building up another individual, but first and foremost, building up yourself. We have so many individuals who are wrestling with insecurity, wrestling with hopelessness, wrestling with a lack of this, uh, excuse me, of accountability, wrestling with all the particular items that is preventing them to live a happy life. And oftentimes it's because there's a void of a spiritual fulfillment that's there. Hmm. I remember speaking to a dear friend of mine, and she said, "L, I no longer want to go to church because of this particular individual keeps speaking to me in a hated fashion. How dare someone say they are representations of God, and yet they treat me so fallaciously, or should I say so heinously? And I looked at her and I said, you know what, just because an individual misrepresents something that oftentimes they don't understand don't necessarily mean that that is the conduct or trait of God. <clears throat> now, of course, a spiritual enlightenment could come through a lot of other practices like yoga, mindfulness, and um, things, those of the sort. <clears throat> but as a Christian individual, how this was addressed to me, I wanted to tell her that you can incorporate what you learn in the Word and understand that this individual that is talking to you this way may not have a clue of who she is. Now, you would think that this is not a community that's in need of spiritual enlightenment. It is our entire society, if you will. I mean, churches need spiritual enlightenment. The leaders in this church need spiritual enlightenment. That's why I thought it necessary to become a kingdom builder. I'm going to use the word to, A, gain the wisdom that's necessary to handle each and every individual and handle them properly. There's so many people who have been mishandled. I, I see so many people who have this, quote, unquote, church hurt. 
I don't go to church or I don't have a relationship with God because of the people who have hurt me. And oftentimes, the individuals who were hurt experienced, it wasn't their hurt in the world, it was their hurt in the church. It's by leaders that who have mishandled them and mistreated them. There have been ushers and these individuals who call themselves great Christians, holy, both sanctified and holy, and blessed to mistreat these individuals. And as an individual who's been coined as the hurt specialist, I still to the point to understand how I got that name. It could be because of the book, I don't know, or I found myself ministering to a lot of people when it comes to spiritual enlightenment and spiritual relationships that I realize there's a common thread, a common thread amongst individuals who do not participate in spiritual enlightenment. They don't care. And then you look at our communities, when you have a child who dies and there's no answer to why the child dies or you see so much abuse or destructive activity taking place in your atmosphere, it's quite easily to say forget all spiritual connections, forget all spiritual enlightenment. I do not want to speak anything that will emphasize godliness or emphasize building a relationship with a being greater, greater than ourselves because so many individuals think that, and it's unfortunate, that it's up to them to handle the situation that they're faced with. Well, where there's a void, therein lies the need for spiritual enlightenment. Now, it was not by my own power that I had overcome the tragedies in my life. I have to be honest with you. Um, how I survived near-death experiences was not of my own power. Or how I discovered my reason for living was not on my own accord. It was the healing power of grace and mercy of God. Now, I can speak about this particular topic all day, and the more and more I find myself in and out of the community, the more and more I'm seeing that there's a disconnect between people and their beliefs and their power greater than themselves. Then you wrestle with the ideology or the, the fact that there are so many different types of quote, unquote, religions that so many individuals are saying, you know what, it, it makes no sense that Everybody is wrong, that everyone to be right. So therefore, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to have a relationship with God the way I want to have a relationship with God. But they don't understand that it's beyond what people are teaching in the church. I, I wish that there was a, a class <laughs> that could be taught on how to properly handle individuals. I know in my current church, um, New Jerusalem Cathedral, that we focus on practicing ensuring and empowering individuals. Um, we do not define ourselves talking doctrination or talking about you know, your life is, you're going to go to hell. That's not what we focus on. We focus on building the person. The true spiritual enlightenment rests in how we deal with one another. Now, let's think, think about this for a moment. Since we're talking about misrepresentation here, if you work for a company, any company, and the CEO is a very astute individual. Um, he or she follows her practices highly ethical, but yet you don't get a chance to meet the CEO. But what you do meet is an employee who does not carry the same spirit as CEO and therefore has decided to, A, demean the, 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 the name of the company, um, oftentimes complain, will always say what is going on, what's wrong. Your first, if you're not careful, your first inclination is to think that 
this is how the entire company runs. And therefore, your image and your head is going to be based upon meeting this particular individual. Your experience can be based upon how this person dealt with you. But again, this person misrepresented the CEO. The same thing in the spiritual world. I could say, I am a man of God, I'm a Christian. And if you are not sure of what those principles really particularly are, just because you go to church and you get some information, um, it's quite easy to set you up for thinking that, you know what, the people of God are crazy <laughs> or or being spiritual is ridiculous. Well, you can be spiritual. Let me tell you something about spirituality really quick. So many people say, I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual, spiritual. Stop it. Because guess what? Demons are spiritual as well. And sometimes there's people who have certain spirits that are not enlightened. <laughs> they are basically misled. I think, in my opinion, that so many of our young people and our seasoned individuals need to have some type of spiritual connection. I mean, I'm not the, I was the first, first to admit, I am not without flaws, but yet one thing I'm really good at is empowering and provoking people to become greater than they are right now and even greater than I am. My baby brother said, Eller, you set the benchmark too high. And I told him this, because he reminds me a lot of Paul in the Word, I told him, my benchmark should be your basement. I may not give you the rocket, but yet I can provide you the launching pad so you can create your own rocket, and therefore you can create how fast and how high you go on your own. And since this is Father's Day, my spiritual fathers, to those who are listening, um, happy Father's Day to you. You have meant more to me than you could possibly ever, ever imagine. And it's because of you and the shoulders on which I stand on, I'm able to speak life into individuals. Please, whatever you do, find out how you can develop a spiritual lifestyle. Um, I This is not a program where I'm going to tell you what doctrine is best to follow. I will say this, though. It is important to help fill the void by getting spiritual enlightenment. Um, and you, if you're in Greensboro, by chance, I would highly suggest the teachings at uh, New Jerusalem Cathedral. If you are anywhere else, please go where you feel like you're going to be led and fed at. Keep in mind this, though. Differentiate kingdom builders and church folks. Want to know the difference? Church folks are always going to be yakking, yakking about um, praise the Lord without any sincerity, or they're going to be speaking in your life about what you're doing and why you're doing it and how it's wrong, rather than building you. I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer of building people, building people's spirits, building people's mindsets, so they can actually have a a greater life, or how they can better overcome any particular situations that they face. I say this very often. Every person on this call who's listening, you are too incredible of an individual because God made you incredible. You were designed for greatness, and you are too phenomenal. Please get that in your spirits. In the book, Moving Forward Courageously, I reveal several principles as to how you get spiritual enlightenment. It goes more in detail of what spiritual enlightenment is. What I wanted to do on this program is touch on all the necessities or the needs that are needed in our communities. And those are, again, individual accountability. We discussed that. Um, hope. We discussed that. The importance of hope and the importance of purpose and vision. Also, Lastly, we're, we're 
dealing with spiritual enlightenment and relationship, there is another key point that I would like to touch on aside from spiritual enlightenment and purpose, and it's to say this. We in every community need effective leadership. There are many leaders who are not being held accountable for how they lead us in our communities. We think we are powerless, but guess what? We are more powerful beyond measure. So I'm going to say this to you. If you have identified who the leaders are in your community, hold them accountable. If you identify the leader within yourself, spawn and grow that individual. You'll be surprised how powerful you're going to become and how much of an impact you're going to make on the community. My heart goes out to these young men and young women and even the seasons who are not living according to what God called them to live. If you want to live an empowering life, build a spiritual connection. Get some spiritual life and get wisdom. The word says that any of any man um ask literally for wisdom, you gotta give it to him. Plain and simple. I am I am really overjoyed by the amount of people who are going to become great within the next twenty four, forty eight and 96 months that's going to take place just by realizing that they are too powerful to be defeated. Failure is not an option. When you actually have a spiritual connection with God, there is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing that you cannot face. And I don't know about you. I'm one of those individuals that can say, you know what, as a community, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's instill hope in one another. Let's be accountable to one another for our words and our actions. Let us move in vision and purpose. Let us find ways to strengthen our spiritual connections with God. Allow us to find out what is it that's within us that can be used to ensure that someone else's life is going to be empowered, that someone else is going to be strengthened. On the KRP radio show, we discuss a lot of topics here. This one is probably one of my most passionate just because of all the things that I have experienced and so many people in the community are lacking in areas that we discuss. You may not be, but if you know somebody else that needs to be empowered, definitely speak life into that individual. That's what true spiritual alignment is, is when you can speak life into another individual and that person speaks life into another individual and couples that with accountability, hope, purpose, and vision, what you have is a thriving community that is unstoppable by any economic challenge or force. Therefore, let us, let us become united as most tragedies have a tendency to unite us, but let's be proactive in this one. Let us not wait for a tragedy to strike. Allow us to, A, Look with ourselves as individuals to move forward courageously and then hold the hands of our community brethren and sisters so we can become a very powerful force to be reckoned with. When you have a community that is that has decided to unite, oh my God, you have formed a very, 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 very strong, strong knit cloth of power that cannot be stopped by anyone. So 
Keep in mind, build your spiritual enlightenment in your relationship with God. Seek out doctrines that's going to best suit you. But keep first and foremost that people are fallible. God is infallible. Remember that. So it's been my divine pleasure. It's been my pleasure and my honor to be on the KRP radio show. We're ending 50 minutes early to get back some things I need to go handle right now. Pudgy, love you, my good man, everyone here listening to the Carefree Radio Show. I pray that you stay empowered. Fathers, enjoy your children. Children, enjoy your fathers. Men who will have fathers will be yet. You have obstacles that are getting away from seeing them. Do whatever you can to break those strongholds and overcome those issues because you don't know how important you are in the life of a daughter or a son. Help them become great individuals and fill them and still in them hope, accountability, purpose and vision, and spiritual enlightenment. And this is Ellen L. Thomas of the Ellen Spirit saying good night to everybody. I pray that you have a great night. Take care and look forward to speaking to you next week. God bless. Hello, you're on the phone with L. Thomas at KRP Radio Show. Caller, are you there? Yeah. Hi, Vicky. I'm sorry about that, my good man. I was getting ready to run out to do some father, some Father's Day things, but I know that you're on the call. I'm sorry about that, sir. Oh, okay. We're just listening. Oh, no problem. I, was, I, I had a comment. Me. I had a comment, though. You had made the... Uh... Can you still hear me? Yes, sir. I'm here. Can you still hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Yeah, you had made a comment about taking prayer. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still recognize with. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine. I got to shine. Now throw your hands.